All right, nerds. What a nerd. Nerds. Nerds. Nerds! I'm not kissing a nerd. What is a nerd? Holy crap, are we nerdy? What's up, nerds? Welcome to the 46th episode of Nerdables. This week, we're talking Star Wars, situation regarding Daredevil and Ant-Man, Man of Steel getting its official title, and we'll be talking about Newsarama's top 10 comic book movies of all time. Joining me this week are our sound engineer, Ethan, our normal yeah. horse, our horse. Damn. See, it's not yeah, that easy. That's it. Normal host, Ari Rain. And well, myself, he does. He is a horse. Crazy K. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a horse. Thank you. Let's yeah. let, let's no. let, we'll do the horse. No. So we're we gonna start with Star Wars, or are we starting with Daredevil? We're gonna start with Star Wars. Let's start with Star Wars because we always talk Star Wars. Star Wars is amazing. And every week, even though that unintentionally movie is we we a made a whole ago. episode about Star Wars. Yeah, no, no. Intentionally, we made a whole episode about Star Wars. Right. Unintentionally, we made a whole episode about Star Wars. And you Every remember what I said? I, I said I don't think we can get through. Uh, can we get through another episode without talking about Star Wars until no. Episode Seven? Well, they the, <laughs> Disney Lucasfilm has done a good job of making sure there's something in the news every single week. Yeah, even they are. This film's a year and a half away. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, this week J.J. Abrams launched Star Wars: A Force for Change or Force for Change? A Force for Change? Force for Change? That was A Force for Change. No, it's Force for Change. Force for Change. Okay. Uh, crowdsourcing fundraising campaign offering fans a chance to not only get gifts for their donation, but also a chance to be in Star Wars Episode Seven. Woo! Abrams also gave us our first look at one of the new aliens in the upcoming film as it strolls through the background of the video that he showed. Uh, and I think the great thing to mention about that is it's not a CGI. It's not a CGI alien. It is a when I first looked at it, I didn't believe that either. I looked at it and I was like, is that CGI? No, that's not CGI. Is but you CGI? do realize there have been... Puppet, you know, there were practical puppets in episode one, two, and three. Not but as barely, many, but barely. Well, yeah, I mean, but now, I mean, episode with, three. Where's there an? Where's there an actual? I mean, there's there's a costume for the for the Wookies, but even then, there was like three Wookies, and then all the rest of them were CGI. You also had mm. the costumes for um, the uh, uh, the Utapads. Yeah, but that's that's different to or me. Whatever they go. What, yeah, the, the the utopians or whatever. Not utopians. Well, no, I think Udipal. in the in the day Udipal. and age that movies nowadays always rely on CGI characters. It's always nice to see when movies actually use practical effects and use, you know, these you know building things. Well, outside of than... outside of episode one, I don't think there's a single non-humanoid that wasn't CGI in episode two and three, like Yoda or. I mean, discounting the droids. Well, Yoda, the Yoda puppet in Episode One. Guy. Oh, that's why they replaced it with CGI. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talk about terrible puppetry, which shows the mastery of what Frank Oz was able to do all right. the way back in in uh, uh, mm-hmm. Frank Oz and Jim Henson's company was able to do all the way back in Episode or Episode Five, Six, Five. Back in the eighties, Empire. Yeah, yeah. But it still Frank Oz still <laughs> did Yoda's voice and was still doing the puppeteering for Yoda in Episode One. So you got to ask. I mean, I know that they wanted to give Yoda a younger look, but <laughs> that that puppet was terrible. That was horrible. <laughs> that, that that thing was really really terrible. Um, my question: this puppet that they showed, you know, this this new alien, that's probably the biggest amount of screen time it's going to get in the film. Yeah, it's more than likely just a background type of thing. But I think it was, you know, I don't think anything that that's going forward, especially for someone like JJ who's a master at marketing, um, is unintentional. Right, and that you know, obviously it was intentional to put it to put, have this creature sure. walk through, but it was intentional in saying, "Look, we're asking you for for money for something, you know, mm-hmm. something cool and everything, but also, hey, check it out. Yeah. I'm not. This isn't CGI. I'm I'm going back to the roots. I'm going back to 
what you guys keep saying you want, which right. is more practical type stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, so what, it's just a it was a great choice. It was nice that they gave you know it wasn't just like saying here's like one of the puppets that's going to be in the movie. They actually gave it a life and gave it sound and mm-hmm. you know it looked like it was you know like it was an alien that J.J. Abrams just happened to be standing next to. Yeah, and the <laughs> the bad thing with it then is you start this new charity campaign which is very important and all anybody can talk about is the alien walking in the background <laughs> i don't even know like I, I even though i watched the whole thing i really couldn't tell you again what it was they exactly <laughs> they were asking for well <laughs> and i never looked it up because immediately the conversation went to what was what was the alien was that what was that check out that bobby he's got the neck and the head and he's got all the <laughs> stuff with him. this is awesome Oh wait, they wanted money. Yeah, whatever. Check yeah. out the alien, man. This is awesome. Well, they, they they're doing a crowdsourcing campaign, um, trying to raise a million dollars for it's and then, for Zachary Levi's party <laughs> in San Diego. Yeah, exactly. No, this one they um, it's not just for one charity. They're wanting to do it for you know like UNICEF and uh, you know hunger. I thought it was it. just UNICEF. I thought it was. I thought they were trying to do like several different ones. The first thing I read mentioned UNICEF exclusively, and which UNICEF's a big part. Of, like the the few charities that Lucasfilm had done. UNICEF's one of them. They right. did the Starlight Foundation for yes. a while. Um, and then I, I think he does stuff with uh, um, what's the the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Right. I think. I could be wrong. No, they, they, they've done stuff with Make-A-Wish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you fifty for $50,000, you get a advanced screening of Star Wars Episode Seven in your hometown with 20 of your friends. Um, for 25... I don't know 000. anybody who has 20 friends. <laughs> Yeah. All if I you're see- showing episode seven early, you're gonna have twenty fans really <laughs> fast. I, Hi, know, Ethan, my name is Bob, and I'm really excited to see episode seven, and I want to be your friend right now. I tell all you have to do is come up with fifty thousand dollars. I yeah. told Beth, I said, I wonder how yeah. many Kickstarter and Indiegogo accounts started up with people trying to raise money for themselves to to do this. Because none. <laughs> crowdsourcing to crowdsource, <laughs> yeah. But we, you, we've gone through the rabbit hole. There's just no way back. You, but you're also getting not only are you getting a chance inception, <laughs> <laughs> outsourcing, out, crowdsourcing, crowdsourcing inception. Yes, that's going to be uh, Christopher Nolan's new film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, not only are you getting to a chance to be in the Star Wars movie, you're also getting, you know, a perk as well. Like I think for a hundred dollars, J.J. Abrams sends you a video. Thank you know, a thank you video. So, so just a hundred bucks. Yeah. That's not that bad. No, and you get like a, there's one of them that's a T-shirt. There's like hats and things like that. that you know, say you're part of it. I should probably look into this. Mm. No, no. Beth, Beth already said she wants to do it. So, <laughs> well, she'd have to because you don't have any money. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? So, um, yeah, Disney also, um, I guess their interactive department um, is canceling uh, Star Wars. What is it? Uh, Attack Squadron, which I've never heard of this game. The game that no one's ever heard of, yeah. But apparently there was a beta test out for it, and they had uh, a, like 25,000, 50,000 people. Is this people. supposed to be the Battlefront again? No, it, it's a dogfighting. Uh, so it's Battlefront space, which was basically, a, yeah. yeah. It, which it, they it, did in the last. It's Rogue Squadron. They did in ba- Battlefront too, I think they had. Mm. Uh, yeah, but you wrote, remember there was Rogue Squadron, and then there was. Um, they had one that was on the Empire side, TIE Fighters. 
Mm-hmm. Well, there was X-Wing. I mean, the, the first Lucasfilm game's like super, super success in the Star Wars universe was the X-Wing game. Right. The flight simulator. And then they did Empire, and there was a whole story behind mm-hmm. it and everything. That was the one that all my friends were like, oh, my God. Well, Why aren't you playing this? And I said, I don't have a computer. <laughs> they uh, they let their fans know on Facebook by saying, uh, we want to thank all of our fans who participated in the closed beta for Star Wars Attack Squadrons. After much consideration, we have decided to cease development so that we can focus on other Star Wars experiences. Which makes me sound like they did the beta test, <laughs> and they're like, everyone's just like, "This sucks." Nope, oh, it's cl- it's canceled. <laughs> well, there's but but a lot of um, a lot of sites and uh, including Bleeding Cool, which is you know I mean very reputable, have started wondering if this is due to the fact that they want to hold on to the game until the Red Five spinoff movie comes out. So that way they have some kind of time. So they want to hold on to it for like eight years. Yeah, so mm. 2019, I think, is when they're God. they're talking Red Five. <laughs> I don't even know what Red Five is. I know. Red, well, Red Five is is obviously Luke Skywalker's call signal. Yeah, but what are you gonna are you gonna recast young Luke? Is that is that <laughs> they, they're like? Oh, all the fans are pissed that we're gonna recast Han Solo for young Han Solo. So instead, we're gonna do Luke. It's Luke Skywalker's It's going to be Zac Efron as Luke Skywalker oh, in God. between Star Wars and Empire. <laughs> it's Luke Skywalker's son doing yeah the new role in of Red no, Five. Just no. Yeah, I yeah, don't know. Official review, just no. But, but see, and that's just it. I mean, no one's confirmed or denied that Red Five is actually a you know <laughs> plausible film for them. Yeah, it's who knows. I mean, they haven't even they haven't come let's out. Let's just Boba let's Fett. just get Episode Seven. Let's just do. Let's just deal with that. Well, that's what they're kind of doing, you know. One they're step at they're a allowing time. the the fans and everybody to to make all these speculations. Boba Fett, Han Solo, Red Five. Boba Fett's gonna get his own movie. It's gonna be amazing. That little awesome. kid's gonna play him. Awesome. <laughs> that little kid's gonna play him, and he's gonna look nothing like <laughs> Timmy Morrison. Like, wait a minute, what just happened? <laughs> well, you remember they the uh, live action show they were talking about him coming back and that was doing Boba Fett. <laughs> There was never anything actually concrete about it being Boba Fett. As right. soon as they said, oh, we might do a live action show. Oh, my God, they're going to do a live action show about Boba Fett. That's the only character that works. Well, that's that's the they, only character they can do. The only like, character well, that exists that can do a live action show is Boba Fett. It has to be Boba Fett. It's going to be Boba Fett. It's Boba Fett, right? It's going to be Boba Fett. And then someone came out and said, by the way, that, that show is going to cost you two, $3 million an episode. Up, yeah. We're never going to make that show. Yeah. That was I, I can't believe at any point Lucasfilm ever announced that they had any plans to do a live action show because I can't imagine at any point they were seriously considering doing it. Well, Daniel, it's just from the start, it was too expensive. Oh, they did that. You remember that interview that uh, Lucas and um, who was his producer? Rick uh, was it Rick Ber- Rick Rick Mollum. McCallum. McCallum. That's that's I keep right. wanting to say Rick Berman, but he was the producer on Star Trek. Um, Rick McCallum did on, on Attack of the Show, and you had said something to me. He's like, hey, check this out. And yeah. he admits it right through the lines. Like, yeah, we looked at the viability of this, and we're not sure if we can do it. And he's basically saying, this is expensive, to yeah. make a film that Lucasfilm would have been well, they, proud of. Because Lucasfilm, as, as much as you want to sit there and go, like, Lucasfilm sucks or whatever, they've never done anything of poor quality for, for its time. They've never been involved in anything that is subpar. In Howard terms of, the Duck. Even then, to make, but in terms of the technical side of it, that's true. That's Howard what I'm the saying. Duck not, was the greatest movie. I'm not talking about script time. or whatever, because you could say the same thing for you know, like Willow or whatever. Right. But Willow, when it came out, was a very forward. Technically, was a very forward thinking. Willow movie. had the first metamorphosis. It had the metamorphosis. It used it used CGI in it. The, used the puppetry, puppetry yeah. and and everything with it. Plus, it had Joanne Whaley in it, and she was hot. Um, <laughs> I still I still loved Willow. Willow was great. I'm just saying. 
they were never going to make a substandard show. When they did Clone Wars as a TV series, they went to the the extremes of what you could do with computer animation. Right. So in order to to stay on that edge, to stay ahead of the curve, that's going to cost you money, and they were never going to do a live-action show. Yeah, and that's what they said. They said they're basically, the cost of it would have been like making a small movie every week. Yeah, because you couldn't, it's very hard, as we've seen with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's very hard to do a show that should take place all over the world mm-hmm. or all over the galaxy and have standard sets and be able to make that work. Even Walking Dead for right. an entire season stayed on a farm, not creatively, but because they were out of money. Right. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's well, that's why it's one of the worst so well. kept secrets. Exactly, because it's in one city. Right. That's the thing. With DC superheroes, even Marvel superheroes, when they're going to do this Netflix thing, that's a segue coming up, folks. When they're doing the Netflix thing, they're all taking place in New York. Yes. It's a standard thing. We always said Daredevil makes perfect sense because you have a courtroom, you have his brownstone apartment, and you have three streets that you can redress over and over and mm-hmm. over again. And you can do 13 episodes and have it all make sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. you just need an alley, a main street. And yeah, you, need, you just need an open street. I mean, you can do it on a back lot, and it's never going to look terrible. Yep. And you have very standard sets. From the start, when they talked about S.H.I.E.L.D., I said I thought one of the problems with it was going to be the fact that this standard set was going to feel like, oh, we got back on the plane because we can't afford to go to the Bahamas. Right. Oh, we got back on the plane because we couldn't shoot in the Arctic. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got back on the plane because we couldn't shoot in Barcelona. We couldn't shoot in New York. We couldn't shoot in Texas. We couldn't shoot in whatever. In the beginning of that show, we talked about how the, those the, the the locations were terrible. Right. That first Gravitron episode, the the freeway system was like this is boring. Well, even the look of when uh, when the car goes up in the air, oh. you know, there's <laughs> it uh, it looks like you know oh, early two thousands CG. Yeah, that was horrendous. Well, see, that's what kind of worries me about um, about the Flash. Because now they're wanting to use more meta humans. They're wanting, you know, you have the effect of power, flash. Unless you, we, we, we talked about it when we were talking about the the um, teaser. Unless you have the money to do the superpowers right, you can't do superpowers. Right. It's very, mm-hmm. very expensive. I think that's one reason why trying S.H.I.E.L.D. has do, stayed away from it. Yeah, because trying to do Thor weekly right. in using lightning and using... Uh, even just the 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 examples of his strength are expensive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Speaking Netflix, of Marvel's and... Netflix and Daredevil. So Daredevil lost its showrunner this week. Yeah, replaced him very quickly. Um, shoot, I lost the page. But... Yeah, it was uh, writer director da- uh, Drew Goddard, who was supposed to be the show the showrunner for Daredevil, has left the series. He is leaving. To uh, he was tapped to write and oversee Sony's Spider-Man all-villain spinoff, The Sinister Six, and then Marvel announced on Saturday that Stephen DeKnight was his replacement. Mm-hmm. As DeKnight's credits include Angel and Smallville, uh, Goddard is remaining on board of the upcoming Netflix series as an executive producer. Um, DeKnight very quickly posted on Twitter that he was deeply honored to be a part of it. Uh, Goddard was uh, the writer of the first two episodes. He was set to be the executive producer for the entire series, which I guess he'll continue that role, but I'm sure it'll be a little more hands-off. And he was supposed to direct the majority of the episodes, if not all of them, as well. Boy, that's a big challenge. Yeah. Um, I mean, for Netflix, it's a little bit easier because you're doing all 13 together. Yeah, you can do it real quick. Production on Daredevil begins in New York this summer, and then 13-episode series premieres next year again on Netflix. So lost a showrunner, gained a showrunner fairly quickly. Seems to be fairly amicable because he was tapped to do something else. I wonder how dark and gritty they're going to take that. 
because with it being Netflix, they have a chance to actually give you a adult show. Well, I think show. It's, it's definitely going to be. I think it'll be a lot edgier than Shield was oh, definitely. because Shield at the beginning didn't know. You know, mm-hmm. the we developed an ice gun. Why? Because we can't kill people. We're on at eight o'clock on Tuesday. Right. And innocent young eyes that watched CSI also, where everybody dies. <laughs> All of a sudden, the first half of Shield just reminded me of the A team. I know it was like we have to come up with new ways not to kill people. We have to figure out how you can blow up a jeep with four people in it, and all four of them jump out onto concrete, and nobody dies. Everyone just kind of rolls over, going, "Oh, I have a headache now." Well, we we kind of said that in the beginning with Shield that it's just going to flounder around until it finds itself, and uh, it couldn't find itself until Cap. It didn't find itself at all. Those last four episodes were. I mean, they weren't great but they were a lot better for the show they were better for the show but well, what i find is with the i mean going back to talking about whether or not this would be more grittier because it's on netflix i think it has the potential to do that because if you look at what they have out for their original programming now they have like shows like house of cards and mm-hmm. orange is the new right Black. but you're i think we're taking the wrong side of it and saying that it's a netflix show it's a marvel show right they're going to repackage this over and over and over again and they're going to sell it to to fans now is it going to be on par with the movies and you know a really hard pg-13 yes are you is mm-hmm. it going to be house of mm-hmm. cards i don't think so i don't, I don't think you're going to see no that i don't think it's going to go that at all because they still will do one uh yeah i think i think the... it's it's especially if it's not over over the air people are going to have to go and find it right and it removes some of your own culpability of what you're putting out because you as a consumer should have an idea of what it is that when you go to look for it mm-hmm. versus you know your daughter's changing the channels on a tuesday night and runs into shield and they're torturing somebody right you know it's it's different than you sitting down and going i'm going to find daredevil and I guess my mic still works. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, it's probably your headphones. Yeah, you? it's probably my headphones. Anyway, um, there we go. Uh, so I, I think that that gives them a little bit more. But you know, I'm, uh, no one's going to curse in the episode. You're not. You know, right. It's, it's not going to be an R-rated sort of thing. But no, but it'll definitely be. And the subject matter is different. That's I mean, what I was going to say. Is it, you know, Daredevil is a darker you know comic than a lot of the others. I mean, it's not Captain America. No. It, it, plus, you, I mean, if you have him dealing with you know the, the 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 legal side of it as well, and so your cases are going to have to be something mm-hmm. a little more. You know, if it it's not going to be, hey, this kid stole a candy bar. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a murder case, or it's going to be you know a, a super villain that didn't do what he's accused of doing. That'll Kids probably don't. be the. Do you think thing. you think they'll de- they'll uh, deal with uh, the kingpin right off, or do you think that's? Gonna, I don't think so. They'll probably that'll use, be like a hit. They'll probably use the owl because they've used the owl in the Daredevil series like crazy lately. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. My interest is one is wondering if you'll see Bullseye. If they'll, That's what if I was they'll, wondering. They'll uh, use that bullet very early. That that would be the interesting thing. If was they're that supposed use to be right there? You know, bullet with Bullseye. You know, no. Okay. Uh, he doesn't use guns. You know what would be funny though is if it was you know, Colin uh, Farrell trial. <laughs> well, no, if there was a trial about a kid who stole a candy bar and he decides he needs to take justice on this little kid. <laughs> Because he gets off. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, Shield is moving to nine o'clock on Tuesday night, so that I mean, Ooh. they might make it a little. <laughs> no, they won't. You, they probably did that because there's an episode next season where Sky's in her bra for half a second, and they're like, "Well, we got to burn, gotta move well, it the, up. Let's move it up there." The rumor is because they wanted to move it away from CSI. Because no, the rumor is like, they wanted to figure out how the hell to make it a good show. Yeah. 
And they made one thing. Well, speaking of people leaving, yeah, after six years, Segway. actually eight years. It's eight years from eight the time years they started. Up from the time they started, Edgar Wright has parted ways with Marvel on the upcoming Ant-Man Edgar film. Wright was around before uh, Robert Downey Jr., before <laughs> before James Gunn, before any of these you know people that have been involved that are big names. He was the man at Marvel Studios to put yeah, out a film. Six, six years of active development slash development hell. And well, remember, right has left. 2006, Marvel Studios had their first um, Comic Con panel. I think it was even like Ballroom 20 or something. And Edgar Wright was announced as the director of Ant Man, and that was going. That was the big announcement that year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been it's been quite a ro- run for him, hasn't it? It's been it's amazing to think that they get this far now. So so far, the did a so treatment. Far. So far, the uh, only official thing is creative differences, and no one's really made any sort of statement. Um, there's been rumors out there, and something from the Latino Review was that Marvel took the original <laughs> script and sent it to two other um, quote-unquote subpar writers who then redid the script, um, ramping up uh, sideline characters and mm-hmm. kind of changing the morality of it. Um it, it, if that's true or not, but it's definitely yeah. The official statement was the parted ways uh, quote due to differences in their vision of the film unquote. Which you kind of wonder. You've known this guy's vision of the film for six years. That's Why all what, of yeah. a sudden mm-hmm. now you've decided that uh, you cast two big a, names yeah. in it. I mean, uh, Marvel said the move doesn't affect their July seventeenth, two thousand fifteen release date, and that it will renounce a replacement director soon. Um, but really, no one. I don't think. Well, they see that probably have to find bit. somebody now. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it depends. You know, if you get the AD or or whatever else into it. Well, um, I don't even think they went that far into it. If no, they, they had. If that's they, the case. Because, they had to be well, they've obviously they've obviously got a script and they've got a, a cast. I mean, they've they've got people already. Um, well, they Paul have Rudd, two Michael characters Douglas, cast. Yeah, Paul Rudd, Michael Douglas, Evangeline Lilly, Patrick yep. Wilson, Corey Stahl, Michael Pena are all in it. Um. So you had to have some idea of who you know of a script. You you're already in pre-production. Well, yeah, you have a you have a script, you have your director, and you have some of your cast, but it doesn't mean that you have the crew set already. So I mean, well, but if you're in pre-production, you're you're getting to that point. Just remember, he he, <laughs> they pushed this film back so that he could do um, World's End. Yes, you know he said that he had the chance to do Ant Man in 2011. Um, and you had uh, you had the story. It's, there's a, the quote in here. It's, I had a chance to do Ant Man 2011. Uh, Simon Simon Pegg was busy with three franchises. If you count Tintin along with Star Trek Mission Impossible, you had the story down. It was in the back of my mind that if we didn't do this film soon, it might never happen. And we owed it to the fans. But then something else happened. Uh, his partner Eric Fellner was diagnosed with cancer. When he found out about that, he literally just finished another screenplay for him. His delivery. He told me he's giving me permission to tell this world end story. That changed everything. So he he pushed the film back to do World's End. Um, and so to Marvel's credit, again quoting uh, Edgar Wright from a uh, an earlier interview. This is the one from uh, a Q and A with the deadline at uh, Comic Con last year. Marvel's credit. When I went to see them and tell them their face, I wanted to do Ant Man, but I wasn't doing it next. Kevin Feige and Luce but D'Esposito said they understood. We'll see you in a couple of years. Uh, when people ask me what's the holdup on Ant-Man, my stock line is I'd rather do it in 2015 visual effects than in 2005 when he first started it. So 
you know, it just seems like their relationship was really fantastic, and now all of a sudden it's gone. I mean, they're both saying it's sort of amicable, but it really isn't. I mean, it never can be when it's, mm-hmm. you know, creative differences. Do you think this is the first kink in Marvel's armor? Because the fan, the support that he's getting from a couple of uh, Marvel's big-time directors is, you know... Well, the thing is, once it happens, you can't go back. It's not right. like they're going to hire him again. Right. Um, it, it just again, it just the, the final product is the final product. But you start to do. You always talk about the the, the Frank Darabont uh, Crystal Skull. When you have these kind of big stories come out and people leave, mm-hmm. you always wonder as a fan, what was it? Right. So we're going to see a film, and whether we like it or not, in the back of your head, you're wondering what, what was, was Edgar it? Wright's film? Right. What 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 we were what mm-hmm. were we supposed to see, and we didn't mm-hmm. get to see. Then you well, have. But- uh, you have James Gunn's. Yeah, quote. that's what I was just gonna say. Is uh, you know we saw Joss Whedon. Josh Whedon t- uh, tweeted a photo of him with. Um, it's a candy wrapper from. Yeah, a candy wrapper from his his the the the, the trilogy, the Shaun of the Dead, yeah. Hot Fuzz, and mm-hmm. World's End. And then um, James Gunn put up on uh, Facebook or. It's either Facebook or Twitter today um, that he's showing that's his a, support. That's and a big Twitter. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, uh, I guess it was on Facebook or something, but. Um, he, uh, everybody should know that James Gunn is, if they don't know, it's the, he's the gr- director of Guardians of the Galaxy. So, you know, according to Rich, the greatest movie that's ever existed. Shut up. Um, anybody want to read this? Because I mean, it's really long. <laughs> uh, so James Gunn, uh, quote: Sometimes you have friends in a relationship. You love each other. You love each of them dearly as individuals and think they're amazing people. When they talk to you about their troubles, you do everything you can to support them to keep them together. Because if you love them both so much, doesn't it make sense they should love each other? But little by little, you realize at heart they aren't meant to be together. Not because there's anything wrong with either of them, but they just don't have personalities that mesh in a comfortable way. They don't make each other happy. Although it's sad to see them split, when they do, you're surprisingly relieved and excited to see where their lives take them next. It's easy to try and make one party right and another party wrong when a breakup happens, but it often isn't that simple. Or perhaps it's even more simple than that. Not everyone belongs in a relationship together. It doesn't mean they're not wonderful people. And that's true of both Edgar Wright and Marvel. One of them isn't a person, but I think you get what I mean. And what he means is, I want to direct Guardians 2. Right. That's, <laughs> that's what that statement is. That statement isn't so much a, a, a support of Edgar Wright as much as it's a support of Marvel. Yeah. I mean, you can read it both ways, but you're reading it as almost like, like I said, the cynic, the cynic in me gets to the end of that, and it says, all right, let's put it through the translator. I want to direct Guardians 2, and I'd love the chance to direct Avengers 3. Because, you know, Joss is probably going to go back and do Firefly 2 or whatever. <laughs> so just to let you know, Marvel, I'm on your side. It's like he got to the end of that and goes, wait, I need to add a little something here. <laughs> well, even from the start, it's it's him basically saying, what is the, if you're reading between the lines of that, what it's saying is that this has been coming for a while. It's been There's been slow little Yeah, I mean, if it, it sounds like from reading that statement, it's... You know, as he's talking about, you've seen. Uh, roll, scroll back up for a second. This is he's on a, a also, screen here, and I can see. He's it. also playing it safe by not taking sides. Right. Well, but yeah. Of course, when he's he says do that. that. Yeah. Little by little, you realize they aren't meant to be together. Not because there's anything wrong with with either of them, but they just don't have personalities that mesh. Although it's sad to see them split. When they do, you're surprisingly relieved. What it sounds that to me is like you're watching your best friend in a terrible relationship, and you know it's going to end six months from now. Right. And you're just waiting for it to happen. That to me sounds like that statement. Is mm-hmm. he's been seeing this and he's been knowing it for a while that Edgar Wright and Marvel are not getting along, mm-hmm. and this was finally sort of you know the straw that broke the camel's back, and Edgar's like, I'm done, I'm, right. I'm out, let's go, and you go ahead and make your movie, and I'll go do Hot Fuzz Two or something. 
<laughs> no, that's exactly what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. But it just makes you wonder because I mean, you're talking a eight year relationship. You know that. Well, I guess that's kind of what it is. You know, there's. I guess making the final movie coming out it's would a be long the relationship, marriage, but, but also the fact that Marvel was Marvel waited for him. Yeah. You know, so it, it's there's a lot of layers to this, and more than like, unfortunately, this is probably going to be more interesting than the actual movie. Yeah. Um, and again, everyone's going to be looking at well, what what's the behind the scenes stuff? Everybody wants the gossip. Everyone wants the juice for it. So I, I, you're afraid that's going to overshadow everything that they're going to do with this mm-hmm. film. Is people are going to wonder what exactly happened mm-hmm. and how it happened and why it happened? Well, everybody can see at least a little bit of Edgar Wright's Ant Man. They have that uh, thirty-second clip that you know they showed at Comic Con a few years ago. Yeah, I think I think they took that off of everything. I don't even think that's out there. So I mean, it, yeah, I mean the whole look of that's going to change now. I, I would I would assume, wouldn't you, that they're not, not going to use his design? Not necessarily. I think. I think they could use the designs that are there. Yeah, it's just your your tone of the film and I think your presentation of the film are going to be different. And it sounds like it might be more static. It's yeah. going to be more. Uh, there was a word that they used less uh, 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 homogenized, you know, mm-hmm. a much more straightforward film mm-hmm. than. I mean, obviously, look at the stuff that Edgar Wright's done. Some of his stuff is crazy, right? Um, you know, it's it's he he pushes some edges here and there. Uh, you know, you you go back and just watch Shaun of the Dead, and you're like, oh, it's a zombie mm-hmm. movie, and it's a comedy, but it's not. Well, go back. If it you is, want. and it isn't, and it is, and it isn't, and there's there's very very poignant moments. It's very just like heart-wrenching moments in that film mm-hmm. and then there's something really funny you yeah know, it's they're throwing records at somebody at one point but then when you have to sacrifice your own family in order mm-hmm. to get away and because they're already infected anyway it's just like oh well hot fuzz and especially world's end all do that too i mean they take this dramatic change that you just aren't expecting from you know from the cast that they have which mm-hmm. is basically a comedic cast yeah um I'm kind of surprised that ant-man isn't being played by simon Pegg. well you know they, they still uh, <laughs> If that was one of the little rumors early on. Well, it's easy. it's just like it's yeah. easy to cast a Christopher Nolan film. Just look at the last Christopher <laughs> Nolan film, <laughs> right? And add one person. Is the who's, who's the one in his new one? Uh, Matthew McConaughey. But I think everybody mm-hmm. else is Matthew McConaughey. Matthew is it, is he in the new? He's movie? in Interstellar. Yeah, Interstellar. But like everybody else in the trailer, like he's been in the film <laughs> yep. before. He's been in the film before. He's been in the film before. The same with like Scorsese. Not, well, no, Scorsese's Scors- not as much as I mean, but no, Scorsese was pretty bad too. Yeah, Scorsese he, used the same five people used, over. Yeah. Well, yeah, for a while there. Once, once he met Leonardo DiCaprio, he's like, "Well, your career's set. Yeah. You're just going to do every film I do for the next couple of years. Yeah, get get used to the short little dude with glasses." Be- between uh, between Nolan and uh, and Scorsese, just, it's like they're 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 you know building teams it's like they have NFL teams. Speaking of teams, speaking of teams, Superman, Segway. Superman versus no, it's Batman versus Superman now, isn't it? It's, they switch yeah. it. Batman versus Superman gets its official longest title, which, which I is, think I know why that switch is because it's because easier. Batman makes a hell of a lot more money than Superman. Yes. yes. Well, not only that, but do the do the title in the Batman voice. Go for it. <laughs> oh, I put well, it on the spot. Yeah, he can't, okay. He can't. He's laughing now. No, because this is <laughs> Gogurt. Gogurt. <laughs> Dawn of Justice. Should, Dawn should of we, justice. we should do an episode where we're just playing cards against humanity. <laughs> no, we should not. No. <laughs> but Ethan tried that, to read that, the cards. It's hilarious. When, because uh, this is what one of my teachers told me back in film school is when you're my doing. Told me. <laughs> when you're doing a movie title, you want to try to get your title as close as possible to A because it's easier to search for. 
when people are just scrolling, like you know, when you're scrolling through trying to find movies, I don't think anyone's gonna have trouble finding this. Well, no, I know. How about the fact that the Batman movies have been a lot more successful, 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 successful than the Superman? (laughs) He's awesome, awesome. (laughs) Batman gets top billing, awesome. We love Batman. Batman's my boyfriend, awesome. Well, so, I think like I noticed like, the first reaction to this is like, oh, it's, it's supposed to be Superman sequel, and it's, it's not even Man getting. I was like, it's not Man of Steel two. That's why it's never been called Man of Steel. It was right. never. Even that was just the, the whole pre production thing. This it is wasn't even that follow up to it's Man of Steel. It wasn't like, even officially two. from the start. It was never MOS. You have the same actor playing it, and you still have the same director. That's as that's close as that, that would be like saying Avengers was supposed to be Iron Man three, right? You know, mm-hmm. and, and it just wasn't. It was always planned this way. And but I, there and I don't are think a lot of people any... who said that that Avengers is kind of Iron Man three. Well, yeah, but that's that's a different story. <laughs> but in, in, in <laughs> fact, that the production for this from the start was never Man of Steel two. It right. was the next movie that has mm-hmm. Superman in it. Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. Dawn of Justice. And by Dawn of Justice, Dawn of Justice. Dawn of Justice League. They're coming. We swear. Like, next film. Well, they're almost all in this one. <laughs> well, I don't know, because it's not like there's someone, just two of them. No. Someone made the point that it's like Dawn's new product, like the dishwashing liquid. Dawn of Justice. No. The dishwashing liquid of justice? Yeah. It's like the. Just because the, they're spelled the, the same? The grime fighting. The so grime fighting <laughs> unit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that works. <laughs> I broke Chris. <laughs> you just—you don't expect that to come. I mean, you're just kind of looking at you like that's one of my jokes. Why are you so stupid? <laughs> Oh my god, I want to see this film now. <laughs> it's a bunch of dishwashing liquids <laughs> fighting against the evil forces of grime. <laughs> well, you know, you could do it. Because you have the different color ones, right? So you, there's a green one, there's a blue one. There you go. <laughs> Only if grime was super scrubbing, super scrubbing bubbles. <laughs> Bat wash. <laughs> Wonder wash woman. So what? Le- Lex Luthor's a greasy pan or something? Yep. No, the uh, the villain would be uh, Grimy from The Simpsons. <laughs> the <crime> wow. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we needed on that topic. I think I'm lightheaded now. <laughs> so you can catch Nerdables on Stitcher. Just came out of nowhere. I'm like, boy, this is dumb. And he's looking me straight in the face, and he's like, Donna Justice. Because they're in crime. <laughs> well, the look on your face was like, where are you going with this, man? It's just like it registered and hit the back of my brain. It was like, nope, you're done. <laughs> just, just pass out right now. <laughs> um, Welcome to Nerdables, Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> it's taken 47 episodes and Ethan finally... <laughs> hey, I pull some good ones out every once in a while. They're a Donna just... pull out like... Because it's the dishwashing liquid. Like, this is dumb. This is the stupidest thing ever. And then to just take it around, just to keep going with it. He's like, I'm sticking with it. It's no, because they're dishwashing. I'm going to get something and there. Get, it's the grime. <laughs> <We're, laughs> we need to call Dawn right now. We have their campaign. Yes. In 2016, when this film finally actually reaches theaters. They have to have, <laughs> they have to be the sponsor. Well, think about it. They've got all the different flavors and different colors of them. They're not right. flavors. You don't <laughs> eat them. I mean, Variety. scented. Right. And they're so you could. <laughs> I can't get over 
We should we should make this one, you know? Wow. Go get a bunch of the Dons and just do it. Oh. We'll do a stop motion. Oh. <laughs> um, hey, bro, Chris. Oh, my God. Um, no, uh, yeah, there, there's... You, no, let's just forget it. Just keep going. <laughs> well, no. Just okay. <laughs> How do you get past Grime <laughs> Dawn Liquid of Justice, Grime Fighters galore. You know, just like, what the hell? Um, in the uh-huh. movie, it's Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. <laughs> and Cyborg. Cyborg. That's it. I thought they said somebody else. I kept say, I kept say, hearing that, but I, they haven't announced anybody else. The only I'm two, sure they're the only they're two confirmed outside of Batman and Superman is is Cyborg, which and is one. Odd Choice, and Wonder right. Woman. Hmm. So it's not as many as people are thinking. I, I think a lot of people just took that and went, "Oh, Martian Manhunter's in it, and Flash, <laughs> and whoever's going to be Green Lantern, and yada yada yada." But when you go back and look at the official roster. It's mm-hmm. just Cyborg and Wonder Woman. Right, and then you have Alfred and um, Lex Right, Luther. but that isn't, you know. Well, maybe because people are assuming that with all the TV shows that are out, like with Arrow and, uh, you know, with the previous movies that have come out, like Green Lantern, that they're actually going to add them in. Well, Stephen Arnell is really pushing to be Arrow in the movies. Mm-hmm. Amel. Amel? Yeah. I said Arnell. It's, it's, yeah, it's A-M-E. Yeah. Well, no, he, he, isn't, he isn't really pushing to, I mean, if you really thought, because <laughs> I always go back to it's when, not he, the was, Channing Tatum when Tatum he was rumored... Campaign. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't put that in the in the line. I just kind of um, avoid that. Uh, well, like when he was rumored to be in Star Wars, and he just said, "I already have a job. It's called right. Arrow, and I do it five days a week. You know, twenty five well, weeks, thirty five weeks out of the year. So there's no way that I can do this film. Right. I don't know if they'd shut down production. That's why I don't. I don't know if you'll see a Flash. I mean, it's still. I mean, we're two years away from it now. It depends. So on you're how talking close. about two more full seasons. Of Arrow and two the first two full seasons of Flash, sure. so maybe they will. I don't know if they would pick because again, if you do a Justice League film, it's probably going to be at least two years after that. Right. You won't because they they even said that they won't see a Justice League film before 2018. I think that's they announced Justice League in 2018. But they didn't announce it in. All he said was you would not see a film before 2018. Mm-hmm. So right. it could even be 2019. <clears throat> yeah, 2019. Good God, what the? Why can't we just go see movies that are in there? Th- I haven't even seen X Men yet. Um, I haven't even seen. That's the main so. If you're talking about if you're talking about doing a Justice League movie in 2018, then yeah, you've got four full seasons still. Mm-hmm. You'd have that'd be six seasons of Arrow and four seasons of Flash. Maybe you would put them in it. Well, I don't. I don't know if you'd put them because, like, I don't. I don't think you'd see a, a Flash in this film unless the, the 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 TV show tanks. Right. Because it would be confusing to see an active character on your TV screen and an active character in a movie. In a universe that probably isn't going to connect, but well, that's and that's what I was just say. assume that it does. That's what I was going to say is because of what Marvel has set up, you know, as the the you know the whole universe is connected with between television and movies. If DC is trying to do that, then you either have to end, but then the you, Arrow show you have or, to pick up what you're going to do because you're right. going to have Gotham exist as a non DC show. Well, at least that would be like the prequel to everything. I don't think that that's going to be a prequel to whatever you're going to okay. see with Batman. Remember how the new 52 set up? Batman. <laughs> Gotham's such a mistake. Too. I know. Doing the origins of some of those characters is such a. I, I See, there's some of those characters I would not touch. Well, they talked about. It. There was something I was listening to iFanboy the other day, and they were talking about the Joker, and that. They talked about it in terms of, like, Wolverine. Because what happened with Wolverine. That's something we didn't put on there either. What's that? We kind of. Well, we kind of talked about that last time. Yeah. Um,. Well, the guys were talking about with Wolverine, what ended up happening was when Fox got the movie property and they were determined to tell their origin of Wolverine, mm-hmm. Hell or High Water. 
who at that point in the comics did not have an origin. It was little pieces and there was a lot of misdirection and the fans really just came up with their own origin. Right. When that happened, that was the story that, that Joe Quesada then says, what's the story we would never tell? And everyone said, oh, the origin of Wolverine. And Marvel got in front of it to do... Um, Marvel got in front of it to say, we're going to tell our origin. Because mm -hmm. if you let the movies tell the origin, you're going to change what's in there a little bit. We've seen it with the Marvel movie verse. Right. And it makes sense. I know people bemoan it like crazy, but to me it makes sense. You have uh, you know, millions and millions and millions and millions of people all around the world that have seen the movies. Mm -hmm. Although your comics still stay true to themselves to be different, it doesn't hurt to have Tony be a little bit more like Robert Downey Jr. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt to have Cap act a little bit more like you know whatever you decide to put up on the screen right you don't really change the origins of any of them they had, they had soft changed tony's origin anyway because it doesn't make sense to have him in southeast asia because he would be you know in 2013 he'd be mm -hmm. 65 so you know they they just very slightly tweak it you know not making a big deal of it mm -hmm. um if you're going to do that with gotham where gotham's going to say we're going to tell you the origin of the joker the joker's like official 100% origin has actually never been told. Right. There, well, that's different why pieces of it. And so your fear now is if Gotham says in the second season is going to be all about the Joker and you're going to see how he gets his face and how blah, 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 and all that crap, then you're going to see DC release a, you know, Joker origin. And I think it takes away from that character because right. they, they make, a, they've, they made the point again on, on the I find boy podcast. This is like a week ago or two weeks ago that Wolverine has never been as never been popular since not never been as popular as he was before Origin because of Origin. I think it's because of oversaturation more than anything. I could totally agree. But with that. there is something that, you know, that mystery isn't there right anymore and you you're not making up your own background for your character. It, well, it's they're telling you this is what happened to him here, this is what happened to him here, this is what happened to him here. With the Joker, the only time they really tried to do a okay, this is who, you know, the Joker was before he became the Joker was the Tim Burton Batman movie, you know, when they, when they tried to say that he was the one that, uh, what was his name? And it was, it's, uh, Joe, it's Joe chill. Yeah. It was Joe chill. Yeah. The Joker was Joe chill. Cause Joe chill was always the, the killer of Batman's right. parents, but Joe chill was just a two bit gangster. Right. And he never be in, in the, the comics. He never became the Joker. Right. He, yeah, yeah. This was tying those two pieces together. And then they did it for the sake of the film. You know, it was basically, I made you, you made me type thing. But if and then if you go to Nolan's with uh, with Heath Ledger, you, you know he you gave no idea, right? He gave like Which several different. Yeah, that's the best part of it. It's right. like he was such a, you know, he was that force of chaos that shows up. You know, just the the, the line that he has to Harvey Dent: "Do I look like a man with a plan to you?" Right. And it seems like, do do I look like somebody who has a history that mm -hmm. that anyone who cares? I'm I'm here. That that was one of the brilliancies of that character in that film. Was he's yep. just this force of chaos that comes in and screws mm -hmm. up everybody's life and then disappears and every time he did the smile you know the smile with the, the, yeah. the knife you know he gave a different story and it was like you know which one of these is the right one yeah, was, no, that that, was, I, I thought that was stuff. a brilliant way to do it because you don't with, the, with a character like the Joker you don't want to give an origin and if Gotham does that I think they're going to really uh, hinder themselves as, as part of being Batman lore they'll probably keep it in, in the chamber until you know, your rating slip sort of thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, look, now we're going to do... Kind of like what Arrow's done with Harley. You know, they, they've they given you little glimpses, but they haven't really introduced they her. They gave you like a, a single glimpse, didn't they? They gave you a little glimpse, and then... I remember, don't even think they can call it 
Harley. Yeah, remember, I haven't seen the last two episodes yet. Last oh episode, well, so then I won't. Day. Yeah. So she's uh, well, well. No, she does. She's not in it. But they give they they allude to that she may be out and free. By you know Weird. something that happens anyway. Um, so real quick, I, I know we're, we're you guys got to take off or something, but I wanted to go over this because I just saw this on Newsarama, and I thought it was an interesting um, way that they put together their ten best comic book movies of all time. So this is what I'm going to read them, and then we can discuss them. Number ten, they have Spider Man two. Number nine is Batman, 1989, the Tim Burton one. Oh. Number eight is X Men two. Number seven is 300. Number six is X-Men Days of Future Past. Number five is Superman the Movie, the 1978 Christopher Reeves movie. Number four is Captain America Winter Soldier. Number three is Iron Man. Number two is Marvel's The Avengers. And then number one, they have Christopher Nolan's Batman Trilogy. I think I've seen this list before. They met, they obviously updated it because they put Days of Future Past into it. Correct. But it's it's interesting that they keep they consider Batman's trilogy to be a single film. Right. It's been there before. <laughs> I, that was the other thing. I was just thinking about that. I was like, well, I'll, there's a bunch of the movies in there that have trilogies, and it's like, why is Christopher Nolan's being counted as a trilogy versus you know picking, for example, like Dark Knight instead of you know mm-hmm. all three of them. Yeah, I mean, and technically, well, I, mean, I guess they do technically all fit as a trilogy, but. Well, I mean, if if you're going to say, oh, it's a story of him, well, you could say the same thing in Iron Man. True. Mm-hmm. And those three, except the two of them are bad. Yeah. So but that's just, why you don't choose. You choose it because it's like, I like all three of those, so I'm going to keep it. Because I, I know that there's several movies in that that you, you know, that you like or that you've, you know, put in regards as, you know, comic book movies versus regular movies that are just happen to be, you know, in the comic book world or, you know, there's some questions that to me when I looked at it as what would you consider like Iron Man on top of Cap too. I I wouldn't agree with that. I would switch the two, I think. Um, uh, Avengers is number two. I mean, I could see why. If you're going to keep Batman as a trilogy, then yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, Avengers isn't even my favorite Marvel movie, so it's a bit in there. X2 is really low for me. You, you kind of, I, I think a lot of people forget how good X2 was and is. Mm-hmm. Well, 300 obviously is in there as kind of an odd, but I think most people think it's now you're talking about superhero movies and not comic movies. Because if you do that, you can talk about Men in Black. Right. Well, if you look matter. at that, most of that, the, what, 90% of that list is superheroes, and one yeah, of them is. One, there's one that isn't. Right. Um, I'm surprised to see Spidey 2 solo, considering so many people at the time were considering that the best comic movie that was ever out. Yes. I'm surprised to Batman see Superman. Batman 1989 is, is important. Well, it's also, if they're talking about importance, then Batman 1989 and Superman are extremely important films. But also, so is X-Men and the original Spidey. Right. And Spidey's not in there either. Now, of course, we are doing this list just by right off of their titles, you know, off of their positions, and not what they've actually said about them. It's mm-hmm. the reason why they put them there. Which I did. I purposely didn't do that because you guys both haven't seen X Men: Days of Future Past, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to give any spoilers if there were any in there. But I thought since Newsarama came up, what what was our top? What would you say our top ten would be, as far as I superhero movies or comic book movies? I think so. Com- I think comic book movies would probably come up with ones that wouldn't have. Well, because there's a lot of comic book movies, there's, you know, that wouldn't be on there. There's American Splendor, 
There is um, Ghost World. Yeah, there's a lot, yeah. There's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, that that could be added to a comic book list. Huh. <laughs> I'm trying to do this on the fly, and it's not working. Well, we, okay. Do you want to go one through ten or ten through one? Well, I just am trying to figure it out anyway. Just like, well, it's always easier to go one through ten because you're you're sure. doing your favorite. Well, mm-hmm. so would you would you put the Batman trilogy as one? The, the the Nolan trilogy. See the thing for me, I could do it because I like all three films. I know a lot of people don't sure. like three, but I enjoy all three of them. And and I think the reason that I would say you could do it is because there's a very definitive ending to three. Yes, to me, to to Dark Knight Rises to me is a very definitive. This is this is the end of Christopher Nolan's right. Batman story, the the Christian Bale Batman story. That's the end of it. Even the end of you know whatever they got to with the the original batman films the the tim burton then turned to joel schumacher then mm-hmm. turned to a gigantic pile of turd <laughs> there wasn't an ending to it right so yeah. i think you could take that as a complete story because there's an ending yes you know there's a very distinct ending to it so if you, if you take it as a bat trilogy i could see that being number 1 cause i've the first film's amazing that second film is beyond well and see that's what i was just going to ask you was do you think that most people's judgment of that trilogy comes off of the Dark Knight, because remember they they weren't. Well, called, remember, I know, I liked the third one, right? And a lot of people just discount that end up discounting that trilogy because oh, I hated the third one. The third one's so stupid. I loved the third one because you're never going to see the end of a Batman story, right? No, Batman's not going to get canceled six weeks from now, and they're like, hey, we're going to tell the last Batman story you're ever going to mm-hmm. see, and that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. The, one of the reasons I really like Dark Knight Rises and the reason that I give it more credit than a lot of other people do is I love that ending. Right. I love the fact that Bruce gets away, you know, he he ends up with Selina, he goes and lives his life. It's a happy ending to a very dark tale. Right. That he's able to recover from not only what happens to his parents, but he recovers from being Batman because mm-hmm. he could go farther down the rabbit hole. And you have Jogulev <laughs> taking over and th- it's... I, I I love the ending to that that entire thing, and I love I I still like that film. I know mm-hmm. everyone's got huge problems with it, whatever. I don't I don't care. No, I, I, I love that film. It's so funny. His robot chicken did a uh, a little spoof on the end of it, and they've got Bruce Wayne sitting there with Selena, and he's like, "No, we got to sit right here. No, 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 you can't move. Wait." She's like, "I'm hungry, Bruce. I'm tired. We've been sitting here for us. No, we've got to sit here. We got." She goes, "We got to sit here for this moment, you know." And it's like, but finally, that's the thing. We we talked about that with with even Dark Knight. That yeah. The imagery of it, yes, it's it's hyper imagery. Right, but it's a film. That's right. the point. Like, I don't want my film to be exactly the way that that reality works. Sure, I can see reality right. Well, you now don't go to the movie to see yeah, reality. The reality is, Ethan needs to leave to go to work. I need to go get something to eat, and I'm trying to figure out when the hell I'm going to see X Men. That's not a film. <laughs> The film is <laughs> that would be, that would actually be a pretty good film. That film would suck balls. The film dude. is you getting into like some big ass uh, battle. You know, like yeah. The gun film, battle the film the would be how X-Men. do I recover from my brain exploding from Dawn of Justice <laughs> grime fighters? That's that's the film. It's you know the, the synapses in my brain that just go. Oh my god, this is amazing. And then whatever. But do you think most people would bank number or put the Dark Knight trilogy as number one because of number two? I mean, hell, the, the well, thing the, wasn't called number two. Was the one the the thing's was. called the Dark Knight trilogy because not because of Dark Knight Rises or because Batman. But begins. It, I, it brings the others up. And sure, the reason that Star Wars and Jedi are good is because of Empire. Right, but you don't I mean, call it the, the only Empire reason trilogy. Right, but you can 
Well, the Dark Knight trilogy because that's his name. It's the start. You know, I it was that. it was the Star Wars trilogy for the longest time. Right. The end of M- the end of Jedi doesn't make a lot of sense without the end of Empire. Correct. You get mm-hmm. to the end of Jedi and you have that with the revelation of him being his father and everything that Luke has to go through dealing with the fact that the bad guy is his dad. Mm-hmm. The moment when he throws the saber away and says, "I'm a Jedi like my father before me," and then his dad's. Jedi is better because of Empire. Right. Empire is better because of but Star Wars. Star way... Wars is better because of Empire, and Empire is better because of the bookends. Isn't the that the way here. a trilogy is supposed to work? That, that it should, section... which is why Iron Man sucks. Right. Because Iron Man is not a very good trilogy. Is that why the the prequel trilogies suck too? Because the middle one was so lacklustered. I didn't mind the second one. I, again, I, you're talking to the wrong person. I'm the guy that's okay with the prequels. I don't. I don't hate them. Anakin rumbling down the hill. The whole. Hey, dinner thing. You want to you want to give me Padme and th- those costumes for a while? I'm I'm fine with the it. Droid Factory. The Droid Factory is terrible, but the Droid. I, I understand the choice of the Droid Factory. It's like, well, we wrote the script. There's actually not a lot of action in it. Yeah. It's even on the commentary for the second one when they get into the Starfighter chase when he's mm-hmm. uh, when Obi Wan's chasing Slave One. He it the the, the I think it's uh, uh, Rick McCallum says we realized that we had a, a, a space movie where there's no space battles. Right. So <laughs> very early on in the scripting process, they they shoot in a uh, a starfighter sequence but it, i mean it's a good sequence to me so it, no it's the the we're not talking about the prequel trilogy and the same thing that we're talking about the dark knight trilogy sure. you're talking about that being better because yes the middle film is amazing and it bleeds off of stuff I, the ending of dark knight leads to the beginning of dark knight rises correct what happens in batman begins leads to dark knight you know, mm-hmm. losing Rachel because Rachel's such a big part right. of the first one. So it it they all flow together really well. And again, because there's an ending, a definitive. Look, ending. We'll go, let's go back to the prequel show. There isn't a definitive ending because you know it keeps going because you have three other films. Right here, there's a definitive ending. Obviously, you know, there's still stuff with their life or whatever. And again, I I like Christopher Nolan as a director, and I think his imagery is awesome. And I forgive him for a lot of what people would consider plot holes or dumb ideas. Because they look so damn gorgeous, mm-hmm. his Gotham's gorgeous. I, right. I love it. I mean, I, I I love the way he shots. Did I, you, I love the fact that in the third one he doesn't make the whole film at night. There's yes. a whole bunch of that stuff in the daytime. You're like, this is awesome. Did you like the first? Because you know, the Dark Knight begins. I mean, the Batman begins. Gotham is different than it is within. <laughs> It's uh, it's much more it's it's much uh, it's more tighter. it's more of a, a traditional Gotham. Well, you also remember he, the, the the manor isn't in the second one either. I mean, it's it's you have three films mm-hmm. that are very distinct, but they also all lead to each other. You can't have the manor in the second one because it's being rebuilt, right? Because it burns down in the first one. The manor is rebuilt in the third one, and it obviously becomes a big part of it because it's a part of Wayne losing everything that he has. Right. It's everything. I thought the choices in, in there to made for. All three. Batman Begins. Uh, I enjoy Batman Begins, but also it's a different part of Gotham because so much of it takes place in the Narrows. Mm-hmm. You know, they they definitely keep a very specific part of the city to be where your bulk of the action towards the end of the film is going to be, so that it, it looks different than where you're seeing the Joker. Because right. it, if it's a city, if Gotham's as big as you it's, as they say it is, as big as you wouldn't you have, have yeah, yeah, you have a bunch of places. It's not like, you know, if you go in the middle of downtown LA, that's the only part of downtown LA. Right. It's not like you can be sitting there, look at New York. You can be sitting in Central Park, but you can also be, you know, in Soho or, or Greenwich Village and they're completely right. different and they look completely different. So Well we also with with the Dark Knight trilogy, with with the way the scripts were written and everything, you didn't need to have that window dressing of the you know, Gotham. Um so I, since you know we are running, Ethan's got to get out of here. I know that 
let's save the top ten till next week, till you guys can actually see. Um, uh, I also almost said Dawn of Justice. <laughs> Dawn of Justice. <laughs> till you guys can see Grind it. Fighter. <laughs> X Men: Days of Future Past. So that way you can put that in or exclude it if you want. Um, because I, I I think I, I don't want to say anything because I I I want you to go in completely open with this, Chris. But I I have a feeling you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Um. On that note, we're going to do our usual wrap-up. So, uh, as always, Nerdables is on Stitcher Radio, which is a wonderful place to listen to us. Uh, you can also check us out on SoundCloud, Blip.TV, and iTunes. Also, check us out on our Facebook page at Nerdables. Um, what is it? No, Facebook.com backslash Nerdables. And Twitter at Nerdables Show, as well as our website at www.nerdables.com to listen to this podcast and check out anything else we put up there. So for Ethan, Chris, and I, I'm saying... Fight grime. Fight grime.